welcome back to Halftime Happy Hour. Uh, it's going to be my favorite one by far because it's about my favorite thing, the Olympics. Ever since I was a little kid, emulating the figure skaters by performing routines for my parents around the living room, I knew the Olympics were something special. Truly special, to me at least. Like most people who tune in every two years, whether it be winter or summer Olympics, I have a sense of unmatched patriotic pride. But unlike most people, I have a bit of an obsession. I want to consume every story these athletes carry with them. Each athlete from each country has to put in countless hours of practice, training, and competition to be the best of the best. They've worked so incredibly hard for years and years giving up normal childhoods or overcoming severe injuries, all to don the stars and stripes at the highest level of competition. There is so much emotion behind each performance, and I don't know if it's just me, but holy cow, I cannot control the waterworks when an athlete gives it their all and their excitement is almost tangible. The stories range from overcoming injuries to personal setbacks to an unconventional way of achieving their dreams, but they all have one thing in common. They are incredibly good at what they do, and not by chance, but by hard work and sacrifices they've made along the way. With seemingly hundreds of stories to share, I don't want to waste another minute by not talking about them. My hopes is that after listening to this episode, you find a greater appreciation and love for these athletes and their stories. In hindsight, I probably should have done this podcast a little bit before the Olympics started, but hey, better late than never. So with that being said, the Olympic halftime happy hour. Although her Olympic debut ended short, I have a feeling we haven't heard the last of Mommy Viney, the speed skating superstar, the first African-American woman to ever qualify for the U.S. Olympic speed skating team. And at just 18 years old, she has a bright future ahead of herself with Team USA. Her story starts at the tender age of five, when she came to America from Ghana to visit her father. During her visit, Mommy and her father were out driving around when a sign in the window caught their eyes. Learn to skate, is all the sign said. She didn't know it at the time, but that sign, those three words, changed her life. After being, quote, too fast for figure skating, her instructor steered her towards speed skating. With hundreds of early morning practices, competitions, and lessons in between that initial first meeting with the ice, Mommy is just beginning to show the world how dominant she really is. My favorite part about this, though, is that with all this pressure on her, the whole world watching every move she makes, she's never without a smile or a laugh. She brings so much light, energy, and love to Team USA. And I think, honestly, they should just let her be a part of every team. It's simply motivation and to spread infectious joy. Come 2022 in Beijing, look out for Mommy and her dad's famous sign in the stands that says, Kick some hiney, biney. Mommy's story is compelling because it just goes to show that the old saying really stands. You don't know unless you try. Coming from Ghana, Mama had never seen ice before. And here she is, 13 years later, competing on ice at the Olympics. All because a sign in the window simply encouraged her to learn to skate. Kids, hell, adults even. We won't know unless we try. Are you scared to ask for a raise at your job? Are you nervous about telling someone you love them? What have you got to lose? Go out there and kick some hiney. How could we not talk about the USA ice skating team, just in general? We had an 18-year-old land six quads, spinning in the air four frickin' times. I mean, four times in the air and under, what, 0.2 seconds? Six times he did that. That has never happened in the history of the Olympics. An 18-year-old Nathan Chen did that. He did it! 
We had Mariah Nagasu land a historic triple axel, being the first American woman to land it, and third ever woman to land it ever in the Olympics. What's crazy about her is that along with everyone's new BFF, Adam Rippon, is that in 2014, during the Sochi Winter Olympics, she didn't make the team. Neither did Adam. To come back and have a victory like that, to land the first American triple axel, I mean, what's more incredible than that? Adam Rippon had a similar story to Mariah. By the age of 28, he's technically seen as an old skater. He's technically a rookie, but he's an old rookie. He's worked his butt off his entire life to get to the Olympic stage. And after narrowly missing the 2014 team, he and Mariah sat on a rooftop crying and eating In-N-Out Burger to cope with the heartbreak of watching their teammates head to Sochi. Well, it's 2018, and he's finally made his Olympic debut. Gay and damn proud of it. What's historic about Adam is that he, along with skier Gus Kenworthy, are the first openly gay U.S. athletes to qualify for the Winter Olympics. He's able to compete for his country as his authentic self, and if that's not inspiration, I don't know what is. He stands up for what he believes in, without hesitation, and hopes to inspire young boys watching the Olympics this year that being different isn't a curse. Being different is beautiful. Watching Adam nail all of his team and individual routines was genuinely moving. You could tell he was out there having the time of his life, achieving his dreams, and doing it all while being his authentic self. Plus, he skated to a Coldplay song, so you knew I was already hooked. Anyway, the whole team stepped up and performed their dang hearts out and earned a bronze medal in team competition. Holy cow, I love the Olympics so much. And here's the thing I've learned about most Olympians. They're all a little bit crazy. There's adrenaline, like most of us have, but to be an Olympian, you have to throw caution into the wind and attempt things most of us would never try. But that in of itself, trying things most people never would, is what sets them apart. In doing that, though, they're clearly risking a lot. Whether it be falling on the ice, a tumble down a hill, or a wipeout on the slopes, injuries are far more common than we'd like to believe. Sometimes it's just a bruise. Sometimes it's a broken bone. But sometimes it's life-threatening. Canadian snowboarder Mark McMorris looked death square in the eye just 11 months ago. Snowboarding in the backcountry near Whistler, British Columbia, Mark had missed time to jump and struck a tree midair. He lay there in powdered snow with a fractured jaw, a ruptured spleen, internal bleeding, a collapsed lung, and multiple broken bones, helplessly awaiting for a rescue helicopter for more than an hour and a half. But one week ago, Mark McMorris took home a bronze medal in the Olympics. I cannot imagine the fear of losing the one thing you love the most, but to be able to come back out on the other side of this accident, I can imagine that snowboarding would have had a different meaning after coming far too close to never being able to do it again. The dedication, the physical and mental healing he must have had to go through in just 11 short months is nothing short of a miracle. Who won silver? After Mark McMorris' miracle of physics of everything took home the bronze the silver medalist in that same competition was another canadian making it canada's first double podium in an olympic snowboarding event who took home the gold none other than 17 year old kid from usa red gerard red's reaction was priceless casually dropping a four-letter word on live tv but i don't blame him one bit he's 17 and he just won gold in the olympics gifting Team USA its first gold medal of the Pyeongchang Winter Olympics. Also, his story is a little bit funny and very much a millennium thing, if you ask me. Uh, he may have overslept because he was watching 
he was binge watching Netflix. Uh, favorite show of mine, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I get it. I mean, that's a funny show. I would fall asleep to that every night. But not only did he oversleep, but he also lost his jacket. Uh, so without worrying, he just grabbed his roommates and he competed in the Olympic finals in his roommate's jacket after waking up late. I mean, yeah, I'd probably let a four-letter word drop too if I took home a gold medal after a start like that to a day. This kid is going to be around for a while, and I'm not mad about it. Everyone, be on the lookout for Red Gerard, and maybe in due time, we'll hear more than just a four-letter word from him uh, after he wins the next gold. Another athlete who came back from injuries is none other than Sean White. This guy, a household name at this point, had just had 62 stitches in his face after taking a big fall in a training run back in October. He not only came back, he also became the first snowboarder to collect a third gold medal. What did he do to earn his high 97.75 score? The same freaking trick that left him with 62 stitches in his face. As he was waiting for his final score, he was pacing. Back and forth, up and down. I mean, for some reason these judges take forever to score. He knew he had just crushed the run. But what did the judges think? God, I can't imagine. That would be the worst feeling, knowing that you competed your heart out, but the fate is in someone else's hands. But when he's waiting, he's pacing, what did the judges think? When his score finally popped up, Sean was instantly overcome with emotion. He finally did it. He made Olympic history. Sean White, Red Gerard, where's our blue? Come on, Team USA, let's pick it up. Another cool story comes from some the same U.S. snowboarding team, but this time it's a she that's busting records. Chloe Kim, one of the only two people in the world who scored a perfect 100 at the age of 15, is without a doubt the future of USA snowboarding, and she quickly won the hearts of Americans everywhere with her hysterical tweets in the middle of her finals, tweeting that she, quote-unquote, should have finished her breakfast sandwich because she was getting hangry. Can you blame her? What blows my mind about Chloe is that in 2014, she qualified for the Sochi Olympics, but because she was only 13 at the time, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. She was only 13 at the time. She wasn't allowed to compete. This time, finally old enough, she earned herself a gold damn medal with a nearly perfect score, perfectly executing her back-to-back 1080s, three full rotations in the air, something no other woman has landed in competition. After her second run, she had already secured the gold, but she knew that she w- it wasn't her best performance. So with all the pressure off her shoulders, she took a victory run and, quote, did the best she's ever done, said her coach, raising the score from a 93.75 to a staggeringly near-perfect 98.25. Why take the final run? To prove to herself that she could put down her best and leave Pyeongchang knowing she left it all out there. Besides Chloe crushing it, her dad may have also stole the show for a little bit, donning a handmade laminated sign reading, Go Chloe! with hearts drawn on it. It wasn't hard to fall in love with the way he supports his daughter. In 1982, Jong Jin Kim immigrated to America from South Korea with $800 cash. As his daughter's talent emerged as she grew up, he gave up his job to help her chase her dream. Why would he do that? He explained to an interviewer that Chloe is the American dream. I'm sorry. It's totally okay to be emotional at this. That's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. He immigrated to the United States with next to nothing. He gave up his job to help his daughter chase her dreams. And now he calls her his American dream? Oh, good God. 
Even Chloe tears up when she talks about the sacrifices and love her family has for her. What a story, man. What a freaking dream. This one, uh, this one I honestly might get a little bit emotional about. But a few months ago, I was laying down on the couch at my parents' house, about to take a quick nap. I turned on the TV for background noise, and I couldn't figure out how to work their new remote control. So I settled for whatever was on the TV. It didn't matter. I was just searching for some noise to fall asleep to. And what began as background noise quickly turned into complete and utter awe as I watched the story on TV unfold. I didn't know anything about the U.S. ski team, so I had never heard of Nick Gepper. He's cute, sure, but I had no idea what his talent was. But he wasn't on TV talking about his bronze freestyle medal from Sochi. He was talking about the dark road he found himself on post-Sochi. He began to open up about something I'd never thought about. As an Olympian, winning a medal, you are at the highest high you could possibly be. You're taking home hardware. The world knows your name. You're famous and people love you. Especially after Sochi, when the USA swept the podium in men's freestyle skiing, Nick Gepper found himself thrust into the public spotlight on a circuit of media visits, interviews, and basically being a celebrity. But suddenly, when the world moved on from the Winter Games, Gepper found himself feeling lost, wondering what the point of it all was. He felt alone, unloved, and worthless. And eventually, he turned to alcohol to cope with his feelings. After calling his mom one night, admitting he was thinking about drinking an entire bottle of vodka to end it all, he realized his pain was deeper than he ever thought, and that he couldn't deny his depression any longer. His mom found him, and they checked him into rehab. Sixty days into rehab, Gepper came out a different man. It gave him the tools and perspective to get to a better place. Nick knew he needed to share his struggles, because as I've said many times in my personal life, depression shouldn't be taboo. In part, talking about it is healing. You get to be your most authentic self without hiding anything. Why should we be afraid to tell people, you know what, I'm struggling right now. Why is there a stigma attached to depression or feeling lost? By opening up about a story, Gepper has already given hope to those who can look at a successful skier, an Olympic medalist even, and see a shared struggle. It's not the flips and tricks they do that's relatable, it's the struggle. Even the greatest athletes who seem to have it all, struggle. Watching Gepper share a story on the TV that day resonated with me because, at the time, I began to struggle with depression too. I tried so very hard to tuck it away, pretend it wasn't there. And I felt guilty for even feeling that way. I have everything I could ever want in the world, so I couldn't figure out why I felt alone or, and unworthy. It wasn't until a few weeks after I sat on that couch and soaked it all in that I let, fully let myself accept the feelings I was having. And I wrote a blog about what was going on. The response I got from just expressing myself was overwhelming. I had people reaching out and friends and family offering their support. But really, I just wanted to share my story, much like Gepper, and let other people know, hey, I'm struggling too. The more honest we can be with ourselves, the better the world around us will be. The more authentic we can be, we'll hopefully open more doors and remove the stigmas associated with mental illness, depression, or anything else. Nick Gepper, you're a rock star. Your charisma, energy, and passion is magical, and I can't tell you how appreciative I am of someone of your caliber, of your, your accomplishments, sharing your story and, and letting all of us out here know that depression shouldn't be hidden. It shouldn't be tucked away. It's, it just goes to show that you have no idea what someone else's life is like or what's going on. And I mean, we shouldn't ignore it. We should talk about it. We should be open and honest and 
and let the healing begin. I mean, if anyone else out there is 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 feeling in a low place, feel free to reach out to me. I mean, Nick Gepper might be a little busy. He just took home the silver medal a couple days ago uh, in the same event. So I'm, I wish I could meet him. I wish I could tell him he's amazing and awesome. But if you're feeling low, please talk to me. I'm, I'm here to listen um, and encourage you to continue to open up. Um, although I clearly love Team USA, there are plenty of other athletes that deserve some recognition. If we can all think back to the opening ceremonies of the 2016 Summer Games, we were introduced to a shirtless, greased-up flag bearer from Tonga. Fast forward two years, and that same shirtless wonder was back, and still shirtless, in the Pyeongchang opening ceremony, despite the single-digit temperature. Although it's his opening ceremony style that has gained him notoriety, it's his determination that should be noted. After becoming the first male athlete from Tonga to compete in the Olympic Taekwondo in Brazil, okay, I'm going to butcher this name, Pita Taufatofu? We're just going to call him Pita. Completely switched gears for Pyeongchang, serving as his country's lone athlete in cross-country skiing after only 12 weeks of training on actual snow. During his race, he was 33 minutes behind the gold medalist, finishing 114th out of 116 total skiers in the 15-kilometer free ski. But that didn't matter one bit to him. His two goals, finish before they turn the lights off and don't hit a tree. He hasn't just vowed to continue his trek toward Olympic prominence in skiing. He has also become the ambassador to a country recovering from a devastating Category 4 hurricane just weeks ago. After receiving a phone call from the president of International Olympic Committee, Thomas Thomas Bach, inquiring about the people of his land, Peter told Thomas his people were okay, but Tonga had been devastated. And in the name of Olympic spirit, Tomas offered to help rebuild sporting facilities in Tonga. He has provided hope to all future Olympians. From his his tiny country, PETA has inspired so many people. After his race, he said something that really struck me. If you look at the Olympic creed, it's about struggle. The guy who gets a gold medal, he's going to burn his lungs until he collapses at the finish line. The guy who comes in last is going to burn his lungs until he collapses at the finish line. None of them are going to give up. One may be faster than the the other, but they're still going to give everything they have. But at the end of the day, there's going to be three athletes on that podium. There's going to be 80 athletes, or so, who don't get a medal. There's going to be 80 million behind them who do cross-country skiing. But but it's the struggle that's going to translate to all the other areas of life for all those other 80-plus million people. What is it that we do with that that inspires those millions of kids that are watching? to push through with their challenges in life, that's the Olympic spirit. And that's what's important to me. That quote, man, that what he took away from the Olympics is, is so incredible. And the fact that this guy really gets how special and unique it is to experience the Olympics just makes me love him so much more than I already did. I appreciate that he appreciates it so much. It's, he's truly making the best of an experience and not taking anything for granted. I'm sure that there are thousands of other stories. I mean, there are over 2,000 athletes competing in in these winter games. I wish so badly I could sit here and tell you about every single one of them because I know for a fact each one of them has a story that's worth sharing and a story that could inspire someone else. I, I cannot express to you enough how much the Olympics mean to me and how much they've 
inspired me in different ways. I mean, I wake up in the morning and I instantly go to my social media and I look at the the winners from the night before and I watch videos and I inspire myself every morning. And I go to the gym and I run on the treadmill and when I think I'm dying, I think to myself, oh no, there are people doing 16 flips in the air on a snowboard at 160 feet in the air. If they can do that and land on their feet, I can run for 20 more seconds. I just, there is something magical about the Olympics and it's the happiest I get every two years because I get to follow on this journey with people I've never met and be inspired by their hard work and dedication and sacrifices and none of that is lost on me. I know that each athlete is there because they busted their butt to be there. But that's what's awesome to me is that the Olympics are truly the best of the best, but each one of them has a story that anybody could relate to. Um, You don't just wake up one day and nail the hardest trick in the book. It takes practice and perseverance and and getting up when you fall down and and I and I love that about it. I it's truly just again magical. Uh when I was writing this, when I was going over all my notes and everything, I obviously had to put in my favorite movie Miracle, uh, because what's more inspiring than watching the USA hockey team uh freaking crush Russia in the Lake Placid Olympics. Um that movie <laughs> I cry every time because those people and that story and the athletes and everything that they, they did. And and as Her- Coach Herb Brooks said, this cannot be a team of common men because common men go nowhere. You have to be uncommon. And that is what each of these Olympians bring to the table. They are uncommon. They go that extra mile. They try, like I said before, they try the things none of us would ever think about doing. But at the same time, they are inspiring everyone in their home country they are pushing the envelope and they are creating waves and they are getting things talked about and we are celebrating your true authentic self and every accomplishment that they bring to the table and I love the Olympics if you want to talk to me about the Olympics if you love them just as much as I do and feel like nobody else appreciates it please find me I will talk endless hours with you about the Olympics hopefully I'll be back in a little bit because maybe Team USA will shock the world and just win all the rest of the gold medals and the silver medals and the bronze medals for the Pyeongchang 2018 Winter Olympics. Um, but if not, it's it's fun to watch. And I will see you guys. I'll talk to you guys soon. With that, thank you for listening to Halftime Happy Hour. Halftime Happy Hour.